0: got to get a job 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 got to get a proper job got to get a 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 proper job got to get a job got to get a job got to get a job got to a job got to get a proper job i've got one Hello, hello. I'm Ollie Double. I'm a lecturer at the University of Kent and this is the Proper Job Gradcast in which we explore how a degree in drama can lead to all kinds of exciting careers in the arts. This will be of interest to you if you're thinking of studying drama at Kent or you're currently studying drama at Kent or, you know, you're just interested in stuff. In every episode, I interview a Kent drama graduate working in the arts and this time it's double trouble because I'm talking to two people. That is Sam Pacelli and Tom Livingston from Ace comedy improv troupe, The Noise Next Door.
1: Well, I am Sam Pacelli. Um, oh God, when did I graduate? 2008. 2008. Wow. Yeah. And I know that because I also graduated in 2008 and my name's Tom Livingstone and we are both members of The Noise Next Door, an improvised comedy troupe currently touring the world, <laughs> mainly the UK, but also the world. <laughs> With an added Brussels date. Yeah, that's pretty much, that's, pretty much <laughs> it. that's what the world means, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh uh, well, so, so tell me a bit about Noise Next Door. Uh,
1: so we are an improvised comedy troupe. We formed at the University of Kent while we were in our final year here. Uh, we are currently on tour. We do uh, big theatre shows. We also do gigs and comedy clubs. A lot of corporate bookings. Uh, about three TV appearances ever. Uh, but we have been <laughs> um, we have been uh, touring since we left university. Or oh, not? You know, we've been gigging since we left university. And, yeah, pretty uh, solid. In fact, our first few gigs were whilst we were still here, yeah. and that's, we decided to form as a troupe whilst still at the, at the university, because people started giving us money to do it. Um, Which is always nice. We could, yeah, and we're like, it oh, this is a... like a this, bad this, idea the first time someone said, we'll pay you to come. We're yeah. like, really? We <laughs> were thinking, if, if this could regularly continue, this could actually be a job. So we decided to uh, attempt to create a an official company going forward yeah Um, so it was was kind of a couple of years of it being very difficult to generate enough work to live a couple of years of second jobs yeah I uh, got fired from a lot of call (laughs) centres in that time (laughs) Um, but yeah after, after a few years of of
0: well, hard hard work and sacrifice, really. Um, then it became a yeah full time full time job. But I mean, to be doing it for nearly twelve years since you graduated professionally and making a living doing it—that's quite an achievement by itself. We're very impressive people. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, <laughs> it, it, it is. You're it's, right. It's it damn impressive. <laughs> um, it is though.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess it's it's one of those things where I think that we worked really hard we were also lucky you can't you can't do it without being lucky we fell into the right things at the right time we met the right person at the right time that happens Hmm. it's happened many times in our career but I think also just perseverance and we made the call really early on we sort of said we will sacrifice pretty much everything else well to start with it was a year we will do for one year if for example I got fired from a lot of places because our rule was Um, if there's a gig you do the gig and we I mean we missed family weddings and got fired all over the time because we were like if there's a gig we go and do it and we all agreed that for one year we would do whatever it took and at the end of that year we went "All right, one more year at the end of that year we went Mm,
0: five more years (laughs) and now yeah
1: we're 12 years on so it was just about sort of throwing everything at it for those first two years as well as as the kind of the perseverance and, and the definite luck as well I think to to how to create that longevity for yourself, I think the product has to be relatively decent uh, you can, <laughs> Relative. e- even if even if it's even if it 's not brilliant uh, you know if, if it 's good enough, you can still persevere and 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 succeed. but I think we really believed in the product early on and thought yeah no people will like this
0: um, and hopefully yeah we've been, we've improved been right people
1: people still come. People still come to see it. People
0: still come. Well, you're here, as we record, you're here doing a four-night run at the Marlowe studio. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, is quite, you know, that's, that's decent because, I mean, that's that's a, it's a I don't know, what capacity is
1: 170, I think. Yeah, 170. Think. And
0: you're going to sell well for each of those four. So that's a lot of people in, a, in what is actually a small town, Canterbury.
1: Yeah, we feel pretty lucky that the the Marlowe has sort of taken us in. And we've only been gigging at the Marlowe, actually, for years. We used to gig at the Gold Bacon. Uh, we got a lovely offer from the Marlowe, so we abandoned ship and, uh, <laughs> uh, and went over to the Marlowe. But I think we've been coming back to Canterbury since we graduated. You know, when we first graduated, we used to come back once a month. We used to do a, a monthly show down in Orange Street Music Club. I don't even know if it exists anymore, does it? Above Bramley's. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm, I think that it's all different names now. Yeah, yeah But
1: okay. basically a club. And yeah. we used to do monthly shows. And then once a year, maybe once every year, we'd do a show in the Gulbenkian. We still had some contacts at the university, you included, Ollie. Uh, but, you know, so it was, we had a relationship with Kent and Canterbury. And then I sometimes think Sometimes it's about finding, yeah, not just about us, it's about finding the right relationship with a venue. Um, yeah, sure. And we've done that really well with the Marlow. And the Marlow has a fantastic spread of, uh, of clients who come all the time, of regular customers. Um, and sometimes that takes time. Like, even in a city we know really well it took time to build that relationship with them. But we found that in other cities as well, like even we're based in Brighton, but have been to a lot of different venues in that in in the time that we have been a company. And some of them haven't worked as well. And then you find that yeah. relationship You're like, OK, these guys are good at what they do. We have that at a venue called The Comedia in Brighton, which is a great comedy club where we get regular audiences. Um, yeah, and we have that in various cities, but it just takes time to, to work out which ones are best for you.
0: So there's a thing to do with perseverance, making sure that the art is good, making sure that, the, that what you do is good, and uh, and then networking and building an audience.
1: Yeah, I think that's a, a good three-pronged attack there, isn't it? I think that if, if the work you're doing is good, and you're confident in it, and you feel like it it addresses something that is not already out there, that's, that's a big one for us. We yeah. carved a, a niche for ourselves in, uh, there was no other improv comedy on the... Circuit, I mean, there still really isn't that much. There's really only one other person that's on the comedy circuit, and there's still so few improvised theatre shows. You, I could list them on one hand. A sort of a, a scale that is sort of like professional uh, earning people who are earning money off improv is so small. So, we did so there was a gap in the market which we thought we could be that, and yeah. So, I think the work's got to be good. And if you're, if you're doing something that isn't currently being done, you've got a good, uh, well, in our experience, a better yeah. chance of. Yeah, and, I mean, the hard work is important, but it's also right uh, sensible to work hard in the right areas. Like We knew that we were performers first and foremost, so we probably shouldn't, at the beginning at least, be doing the admin. <laughs> because also that takes away from your craft and takes away from rehearsing and, and, and creating um, new things. So we, yeah we had another member who did all of the admin. That was yeah. their job. And actually, that was a really sensible thing to yeah. do early on. And then later on, that that transitioned. We got agents and tour bookers and stuff. But um, being able to focus and concentrate on your specific area of expertise was a was a really good thing to do because it can be really overwhelming when you when you've got loads of admin to do. You know, you're trying to set up a company, a company's house, or you're trying to um, you know book a tour with a producer and you're going i don't know how to do any of this i know how to muck about and tell jokes uh. um, yeah so having the right people in the right places is important yeah at the very beginning when we formed so it was there were five of us all graduated in the same year and then so we were the performers and then rachel also graduated from kent and had focused her degree her studies on more of the production mm-hmm. side of things so she was the sixth member and she did handled all of the the real work wow. <laughs> so that we could focus on making the product and it was symbiotic and we worked together for two years and then when she sort of realised ah, these guys are now at a stage where uh, a more longer standing agent would benefit she stepped away and worked on other projects she's doing very well of her own accord now um, but yeah so then when we moved on to sort of graduated to a, a full time comedy agent that's where we sort of parted ways but she was invaluable in those early times so having someone who knows what I they're doing I can't imagine what But nowadays it's different because you're used to it and we can do the admin alongside of creating. But then, oh God, we were (laughs) so useless. I was so useless. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still relatively useless at sort of life and things. Well, I'm glad you said it. (laughs) um, But yeah, back then. Well, I think what was really helpful, particularly with the course studying here, was... um, even though we weren't particularly good at specifically the admin, we had an understanding of all the areas within performance. Yes. And that has genuinely been a massive bonus. Like just knowing a little bit about lighting, a little bit about sound, understanding what it's like to be a stage manager or how long it takes to create props, all yeah. of those kind of things. Unbelievable. You, you, you see people backstage, I mean, we won't mention their names, but you see people backstage at venues just treat some of the staff and some of the techies terribly, yeah. and these are the people you need for your show. And just a little bit of common yep. decency, like, is is invaluable. It's amazing. And so, it's under- not there. and even just understanding terminology and knowing how to how to focus a, a light really helps you because they then trust you, and it's a much more symbiotic relationship. Yeah, really I think, Yeah, the course here did it does give what it gave us that a broad understanding of the whole. The whole all of theatre yeah. and also it made us aware of what our strengths and weaknesses were you know we were all creative people but then for example the technical side of things is something that I was a bit more into mm. here and now for the company I am our technical guy I'm the guy that handles the lights and the sound and stuff and so that has sort of passed on but also made me aware I am not a producer I should not be yes. in charge of this side of things and so that's yeah and I learnt that so I didn't do it so I didn't do it badly because I was like this isn't my thing let's find somebody who's really good at that but yeah it certainly gives you a particularly abroad. in Edinburgh. That's a really helpful doing oh the gosh, festival yes. there. It's very very helpful because I mean we've done that twelve times. We've done teams, 12, 12, twelve, yeah, 12, twelve, twelve Edinburghs. And so you, your tech team changes every single time, but just having that basic knowledge is so it just speeds up the process of them understanding your show, them understanding you, and vice versa as well. Um, and we've been really lucky to then befriend a lot of the a lot of the techies that we then will take on
0: other shows with us. Um, and, yeah, just basically having that basic knowledge from here. Well, it's interesting because we've been talking and I've got five questions here and you've kind of intuited four of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what's your current job and how, what kind of things is it? How we've done that. How did you get from graduating to where you are now? You've done that. How did study uh, drama at Kent help to get, how to get where you are now? You've kind of done that. Actually, other things <laughs> about areas of areas of theatre maybe that you wouldn't think of that would have influenced uh, improv that you know your knowledge of that from your degree is kind of somehow fed into the noise that into the actual
1: performance part yeah. that, as opposed to yeah I think well we were, we were told very early on by some other kind of prominent improvisers that everything you ever learn anything you ever do will be useful for improv. Right. Um, and so that just is your general life. Sometimes you'll just be reading a newspaper article and then that will come up in a show and you'll be like, yes, uh, I am very knowledgeable on this. You ought to be careful of not going the other way and being too knowledgeable so that the audience go, you pompous idiot. Like, yeah. we don't know what you're talking about. Um, but in terms of specifically the course, yeah. there are definitely things that, uh, I mean, strangely, when I was studying here, the, 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 I was never taught by you, Ollie. I never. No. I never did well, I don't know what the, the, the performance or stand-up yeah, or yeah, yeah. any of the comedy focus courses, my sort of path through the, the modules was much more about sort of contemporary stuff and, uh, you know, theatre, you know, less traditional theatre, more modern theatre stuff, um, which, so how did I end up doing this? But actually what that gave me was a really good understanding of how to build shows and uh, about ebbs and flows, and about the journey through a piece of theatre, even though sometimes we go on 20 Minutes and just do a load of dick jokes, there's still... uh, They're theatrically aware. Yeah, yeah. there's about structure and balance and things like that, which I definitely learn so much from my work doing the contemporary theatre stuff, and I feel that I put that into our... try to put that into our shows, and even though, granted, we're not doing three hours on, you know, the Lebanese revolution, but... (laughs) We are. There's still something about the unless way. Unless the audience shit, suggests it. Unless the audience suggests it. But yeah, there's still about film the. Noir. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, listen, we've got a great film noir bit in the show this year. We have. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> but yeah, learning about sort of theatre craft yeah. definitely yeah. informed my sort of the way I like to make shows. And even though it's sort of bawdy comedy, it's definitely been informed by I, the. I think we, we really came. Yeah, as soon as we started doing our own tour shows, we started to. That collective knowledge became really important because you're. It's not just twenty minutes in a comedy club, which not anyone could do it, but it's it's simpler, um, and it's just about gag rate. Whereas in a theatre show, in an hour and a half show, you have to do a little bit more, so you have to have that theatricality that you know Tom would have learned about. But we also in the past members have also been uh, one of the guys did directing, so that is helpful yeah. in, in directing us. Mm-hmm. Um, me and Robin did the did stand up. Um, and whilst that means we're naturally funnier than the other guys. Um, it, I love it, the way Tom didn't laugh or crack a smile. <laughs> yeah. it wasn't funny, uh, as usual. Um, I, I think one of the big things about the, like, it's that common thing about whenever you tell someone that you studied stand-up. Yeah, right? yeah. It's that, that classic thing you come up against. Oh, how do you teach how to be funny? But it's it's all the the things that that comes with. So one of the most beneficial things for me on the stand-up course was just having a forum within which 10 people could just get up and try stuff in front of each other and that's really important in our rehearsal process because it is improvised it's really difficult you don't just write a bit and go here it is guys you need that constant workshopping um and that was a a huge part of um of what the stand-up course gave me was yeah that that forum of, of workshopping and also being forced to go and do gigs like, you, you have to do this, otherwise you won't pass your degree. Um, and, and I think some of that has then translated into our, into our work life, because it's like, we have to go and do this to improve ourselves. I mean, what, to get paid, sure. But um, to go out there, and to, especially early on, we did so many gigs for free, because we were like, we know this product is good. And at the moment, people aren't willing to pay for it, because they don't know that. Yeah. But yeah. it's up to So we're not going to go, no, we're not going to go and gig, because they're not going to pay us. We very much thought, no, we're going to go out there and show them what we have. Um, we 're forcing ourselves to get out there, um, and it will be you know for the benefit in the long run yeah I think that that 's when people people have asked you know, oh what's it, what advice would you give when you 're starting out like, there 's no substitute for stage time yeah. you you can practice all you want um, you know in in your room or in a studio, but there is no substitute for being in front of an audience and hearing what you do land in that room uh, you learn so quickly it 's I just don't think there's any way that you can... Rep- there's no replacing of that. Uh, yeah, learning on stage is the most learning you'll ever do.
0: Yeah. And I have to say, the interviewees that we've had... I mean, this is only the fourth episode, but the interviewees we've had so far, like, every one of them has been united by the fact that they were unusually committed. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, like they, whatever they're doing, they found a way of doing it before they graduated and started working on it.
1: Yeah. You know, I was just thinking about other people that we know that have graduated and are yeah. still working, they were, yeah, oh, almost all, place. yeah, to the yeah. name, yeah yeah, 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 like pantaloons and yeah. Little Bulb, yeah, they all started, yeah, 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 the guys that are still working were, were working really hard at it when they were still here.
0: And so I've got one more question, which is, and this sort of got a kind of slightly ironic laugh when I alluded to it earlier. But <laughs> what would you say to people who say that a drama degree won't lead to a proper job?
1: Well, I guess it's because it is one of those. It's what you know. It's what your your disappointed father says. What you know, a Well, it's because it's also partly true. We always say that we don't have a proper <laughs> job <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's really fun. Like yeah. the, the 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 going to perform to people and. Being stupid with your friends on a stage, in front of people, isn't proper, is it? It's not. It's not what you would consider a proper job. The driving around and the acting <laughs> part—that's yeah. the proper part. You know, the, the actual performance doesn't feel like a job ever. Yeah, I think I think that's it. Is that when, when you are working in an industry that you really love, so it doesn't feel like a proper job? You're right because you feel so lucky to be there. So when what's not really a proper job, and everyone goes, "Well, I kind of agree," because I feel it feels so silly that this gets to be what I get paid for. <laughs> But in a sort of more practical sense, the, I think that the degree, a, a degree in drama, certainly a degree for us here at UKC, was, it, it gave us such a grounding, and it gave us so many uh, avenues, and we explored so much, that then when we actually went into the industry of theatre, we knew about the broad spectrum of what it meant, so it was never... Absolutely, it, if you're studying a law degree, a duck, you're going to be a better lawyer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we started a theatre degree, we became a theatre company, we're yeah. going to be good, you know, naturally... Decent, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, in our graduating year as well, I can think of theatre mm. directors that are professional theatre directors, not you know fringe theatre like professional theatre directors, actors, voiceovers. actors, voiceover mm. artists, and so many tech people, like yeah, loads juices. of people that are working like really high up in like technical theatre, like West End level, um, as well as people have gone on to be teachers and lecturers, and but so in fact. I'm going to, no, maybe not all, almost all of the people that I still keep in contact with from our time at uni are doing something that is like theatre or theatre-adjacent, you know, and their knowledge or and understanding... wishing that they had done. Yeah, or made that. <laughs> was, that's another flip side. Like, uh, that's, that's the part of it in theatre. Almost in any area that you want to go into, it's, it's hard. There's, it's, the competition is difficult. And if you'd rather just have a little bit more stability... People come out of it, and then they get into that for a few years and go, I mean, that's what (laughs) happened to Rach, wasn't it? Like, our producer, she was watching us have a great time on stage and wasn't doing that part herself. She went, well, I'm going to go and do that again, and then retrained, and that's exactly what she's doing now. There's there's quite a few people like that who kind of... Or or, they'll still use it in in their day-to-day life, just that being able to get on a stage and talk to people. Um, I was talking about it at, at dinner with some friends last night about how... They have risen. They didn't go. They studied, you know, normal things, <laughs> um, <laughs> and they're now quite high up in companies that they're in. Yeah. And they now have to do speeches in front of people, yeah. and they are bricking them. And they're asking us for um, tips for for tips. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah because how do I they talk just about this terrified. Well, I don't know. No, but how do you do the talking bit? Oh, the easy bit. Sure. And it's not and easy for most. Yeah, no, readers. and that's it. I think that again, okay, it's that stage time thing, isn't it? You, yeah. You learn that. So quick.
0: Also, you've talked about a lot about how hard it is, but what are the most exciting and proudest things that you've achieved with Noislet Store? Oh, uh, I think overall, just the longevity is. I, I don't. We set, uh, like
1: Tom said, we kind of had like, oh, we'll do it for a year, or do it for another year. We had like a kind of five-year plan. The fact that we're still, still, here, the fact that we're now in our um, third five-year plan, is yeah. crazy. The fact that one of us owns a house, you're looking to buy a house, yeah. but, uh, like that's <laughs> still. Shocking. And yeah, off, really, off, to me. off comedy, off this silly, yeah, off this exactly. silly thing, this, this not proper job. Yeah we've, yeah, we've lived for 12 years and 10 of them have been this is our only form of employment, something we just invented while we were in Mungo's one day. Like, it's, yeah. it feels kind of crazy. Like, I think that is my proudest human. Each, instinct, each yeah, so. step, as well, I think you, you kind of feel proud about, like getting your first agent, like, it, like I said, about forcing yourself to go to gigs um, and get your product out there. Our first agent saw us do a gig. Which we did not really want to do, but like it's a gig we nearly cancelled. We, we nearly, nearly said, canceled. "Oh, it's it was... just not. It's not going to matter. It's just one tiny gig in Edinburgh. Let's not go." Yeah. It was hosted by someone at the time who was quite uh, on prevalent the on the up, and his agent was there to see him. There was twelve people in the room, and then we got a call off the back of that, going, yeah. "Hey, wow. are you guys signed?" Like, "No, please sign us." <laughs> yeah. um, that and, was a huge moment. Yeah. Is- yeah, you're right. Like those yeah. milestones become the sort of the prime moments at that moment. And then, you know, and then you move on to a kind of even more prominent agent and, and you do bigger shows and you find your first tour booker. I and each kind of step up, you know, your first kind of TV performance, your first optioned TV show, those kind of mm-hmm. things, each, you know, each step feels really good at the time. Yeah. Which... Foreign gigs as well. Like we didn't get any foreign gigs because. Boy, oh, yeah, it was good. At a, years. Lot a lot of stand ups quite regularly gig abroad. But yeah. taking a group over. It's really difficult to convince people to do, um, but we've just come back from a Middle Eastern tour, which we were wow. shocked to have got. And yeah, I had the bet—I mean, we spent oh, we, all of our fee out. Everything, there. everything we earned, we got, spent <laughs> on camel rides and water parks. But <laughs> yeah, we that had that a good was time, <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was—that felt like a great achievement to convince people that it is worth bringing us out. We will be good.
0: Yes, yeah. that's great and just in case anybody's confused the reference to five year plans have nothing to do with Stalin. no <laughs> just a, a sort of like
1: where would we like business to plan. be in five years and how do we get there a business plan for five years we're not collectivising necessarily France. spreading communism <laughs> uh, we're not saying we're not were. <laughs> that's been the secret message all along from the license yeah. store communism <laughs> works Thank you so much. I (laughs) love that the end, note. Communism works, the end. (laughs) Goodbye. It's fine. I'll do a little epilogue. (laughs)
0: go. So that was uh, Sam and Tom there, and uh, they were in Canterbury to perform a four-night run at the Marlowe Theatre, and I went to see them, and they very kindly allowed me to record a section of the show and include a snippet from that in this episode. So here's an amazing bonus feature for you, uh, a little bit of The Noise Next Door in action.
1: We can sell them windows, and we'll make it out of good Alaskan glass. Change. We'll make it out of good Alaskan ice. Change. We'll make it out of walrus skin. (laughs) I like it. Right, we need to get an expert in to come in and skin the walruses. The (laughs) walry. Don't patronise
0: me. Change.
1: You tell me how it is, Dave. (laughs) I like it when you teach me stuff, Dave. Teach me something else. Yeah, you love plurals, don't you? you Naughty boy. (laughs) Give me another odd plural. Cacti. I didn't think it was that bad,
0: Dave. (laughs) That was a nice little bonus feature, wasn't it? It was a a real pleasure talking to Sam and Tom. And... um, Yeah, the thing that will stick with me from their interview is that thing of working hard on your creative idea and building an audience. And that's what they did. They went out there, they they worked really hard and they created a career that will hopefully last them a lifetime. And it certainly lasted them far longer than the original time that they sort of allocated to see whether it would work out. Uh, That's all for this episode. We'll be back very soon with another Proper Job Gradcast. Gotta go to get a proper job.